coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. I feel often that I do have a sugar addiction, but I don't even know if that's real, man. So the approach that we tend to have towards diet in general is is terrible. So I think the fail rate, last time I checked, was north of 85%. And this is like within the first couple of years, and I bet you it's closer to 95% if you stretch it out. Hey, what's going on? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Show about your marriage, show about your kids, show about dating, whatever's going on in your life. Show about school, about um, your mental health, whatever is going on in your life. I'm I'm John Deloney here, and I am dedicated to sitting with you, figuring out what comes next, walking alongside you if that works out better for you. Some people like sitting, some people like walking, whatever it works out. Um, but I'm here for you. If you want to be on this show, shoot me an email at johndeloney.com slash ask, A-S-K. And um, let me know what's going on in your life. And it will go to Jenna and she will make the call or maybe go to Kelly. Depending on kind of mood Kelly's in. Maybe, maybe Jenna. And then we'll decide, she'll, she'll make some choices, build a great show and have you on. Be amazing. Um, before I head to the first call, th- today we're recording this show. Um, it's been a tragic shooting at a small elementary school here in town. And so I've um, been on the phone all morning and it's an absolute just, it's just, it's, it's, it's um heartbreaking all over again and again and again and again. And, and um, I hope that the words never get trite that we're praying for those families that are forever devastated. They will never not be devastated. Um, for the first responders that showed up and the things that they saw and the things they experienced and the lives they tried to save, the little bitty little bitty lives and the grown-up lives and everybody, just the whole thing, the whole thing. My heart's broken and um, I hope you'll join me um, praying for those families and at some point we got to address the madness. We just got to address the madness across the board. Whew. All right, let's go out to uh, Heather in Reno. Heather, what's going on? Um, so my question is, am I wrong for wanting to end my engagement because my fiancé doesn't want to get a job and also wants me to move in um, to his great-uncle's house with him after getting married? No. End it. <laughs> this is the easiest call oh. of my entire show ever. <laughs> yes, end it. Why, why are you even asking the question? I don't know. I just thought maybe there was something else I could be doing <laughs> so that we could move forward. He doesn't want to move forward with you. Okay. Um, right? I guess so, yeah. Have you told him, I'm not going to marry you unless you have a job? Or I'm not going to marry you if your plan for housing is that we move in with my uncle? Yeah, I did give him, in February, I gave him the boundary that if by the end of March he didn't have a job or start therapy that I didn't really think I could see myself continuing the relationship. So I want, I want to flip around. It's more of an ultimatum than a boundary, but I I want to flip your ultimatum around. Good for you. You drew a line in the sand and said, this is where me and my values stop. And he chose to not marry you. I don't want you wearing around. I don't want you being a martyr here. Like I had to end this thing because I, I, 
You were strong and brave and very clear. Here is my standards for somebody that I'm going to hitch my wagon to and someone who's going to hitch their wagon to me and that we're going to do life together forever. Come hell or high water, here's my line. And he said, I don't want that. I'm out. Yeah. Um, just to go back um, to give more detail into this, um, his uncle did start having some health problems in the middle of February. Okay. Um, and so he felt responsibility to take care of him. And so I tried being supportive um, and understanding. Like, I did really want to support him and his family through this hard time, but um, I just didn't really feel like a priority. Um, and what? so I'm kind of like, I feel selfish because I'm like, why? I almost feel like I'm making him choose between me and his family. Hmm. Why won't he get a job? Because mm, he says that he needs to take care of his uncle. How does he have money for food? Um, his uncle helps provide financially. So what about... That was another, what, what, another reason why he wanted us to live with his uncle because we wouldn't have to be... Um, we wouldn't have the financial burden of rent. <sighs> Why do you think so little about what you want and so little about what you need? Uh, I don't know. I want to say because I love him and I do want, I do see a future with him, but he doesn't see one with you. Yeah. Because here's what I think. I think that before this happened in February, I think he didn't work either. Yeah. And, and I think before this happened in February, he was kind of a freeloader anyway. And before this happened in February, you were already thinking, I, I can't just, I love you. We've had some great fun times together, but I can't, I can't commit myself for the rest of my life to somebody who has so little drive, so little desire to yeah. hear what I need and to help meet my needs. Um, I, I think you know that going in. I don't think you're selfish. Yeah. This would be totally different if he was going to law school or he's in year three of a computer science degree or he's already working as a, as a, as a, like a plumbing apprentice and he was making some money and he had plans for getting a good job and, and whatever. And then all of a sudden, a, a bomb dropped in his family and he had to stop what he was doing to go care for somebody. That's noble. That's incredible. And that happens mm -hmm. a lot. And I have a feeling that if that were the case, you'd be all in. Yeah. Am I, is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would be like, yes, I will support you. Like I'm here for you. So has he always, since you've known him, been a fun Whatever guy, blah, blah, blah. He's so cute. All that stuff. But he's also been yeah. kind of lazy. Uh, yeah, I would. I, w I don't know if I would say lazy, but I do see a lack of drive in him. And that was hard to um, hard to swallow because I like I really 
have I have goals and I want to grow and change and um sometimes it just felt like he was really okay with being in the same exact spot in his life. How old are you? 25. I'm sorry that your heart's broken. <sighs> yeah. I'm sorry. So but, I just I but, don't really know like what else I can do other than I'm gonna tell you nothing zero things. Okay. There's 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 nothing there's not a conversation you haven't magically said there's not a thing you haven't like oh maybe if I just wear the not none nothing. Yeah. You've heard me say this a million times. Behavior is a language, and so yeah, he may not be saying it, but what he's saying with through the way he's his actions are is I'm going to take the easiest road out for me at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And right as you told him, here's your ultimatum, uncle got sick and he's like, oh, that'll solve all of our problems. Yeah. And you, you can see the short-term thinking. This will just get us, this will cover our rent and this will cover our food. Yeah. There's nothing about what is career going to look like? What is 10 years from now? What is our family situation going to look like? Where would kids live? I mean, none of that. It's very yeah. short-term, very egocentric, very childish thinking. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I'm heartbroken for you because I, you, you, I know you love this kid. Yeah. And you wish he was the guy that would be your guy. And I'm hearing you say he's not. Yeah. And I guess the, the one shining light in the dark here is that you're not married and you don't have two kids and you're just now coming to this realization. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it got to the point where I felt like I was going into the marriage knowing it was going to end in divorce. And I just didn't. I I can't tell you how proud of you I am. Most people don't have the courage to, as I say all the time, turn the lights on, turn the music off and say, what are we doing? Stop the party. Yeah. We got somebody stop the train because I'm getting off. I just got to stop for a second. And that's not to say that um, two years from now that he doesn't call you and be like, hey, man, I'm. I was immature little brat and here I am now I'm doing this and this and this and you, you, he can take you for, we, can I take you for coffee? That kind of thing. Right. That's how the movie mm-hmm. would end. Right. Um, that's, that's not saying that's not going to happen. I, what I'm saying here is I stand behind you 100% Heather. What you know, deep in your bones, what you know through experience, what you know that you want when you look out and say, this is the kind of relationship I want to have. This is the kind of marriage I want to have. This is the kind of life I want to have. You know, you've got a very clear lane, a clear picture of what that looks like. What you're telling me is he's not it. And you're going to spend a season in heartbreak and a season in grief and a season in sadness. And that's okay. That's right. Don't compromise your values and don't compromise who you are and don't compromise who you want to become and who you're becoming just because it's uncomfortable and hard right now. I'm proud of you for sticking to your guns. If I can ever help, holler at me. Thank you so much for the call. We'll be right back.
One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, Facts Are Your Friends. Let's do it. <laughs> I told you, man. Whew. All right, so um, I, I one of the most common questions I get, um, I get, we get lots of questions about sex and intimacy, get lots of questions about mental health, um, and... Over the last year or two, one of the most common questions I get is about weight loss and all of the drama that, that surrounds weight loss, whether it's um, Instagram nonsense or just outdated stuff or your mom drank tab and watched like VHS tapes when you were a kid and you've just picked up some of those habits down this, whatever is going on. Uh, and so here's the thing. I don't have expertise here. Um, and so... I invited my friend Sal to Stefano from Mind Pump. He's he's the are you the leader of the gang, Sal? No, no, we're all we're all equal partners. That's I, what I, hey, I, you I know who says that? The Don, the true leader says that. That that <laughs> that way, in case it all goes down, everybody right. gets shot, not just not just the leader. Um, mm -hmm. I invited my friend uh Sal on just to ask a question that is coming up later on in the show. And I just wanted his expertise. Um, Sal is has been a personal trainer, has been a trainer of trainers, and is now one of um, the very few voices I trust out in the world talking about fitness and nutrition. Um, Sal, thank you so much. This is a last-minute call, and you're uh, helping me out today, and you're especially helping out our listeners. Thank you so much for joining me, man. John, thanks for having me on. You guys, you know we absolutely love what you do uh, out there. And uh, we, when we met you, just uh, you're about as genuine as they come. So I, of course I jumped to the opportunity to be able to help you out or help on here. I appreciate it. All right. So here's the question that I, I've got coming in on my show. So when you and I get off the phone, this person's going to, going to call in and this is their question that they, they typed up and sent to us. Um, it's from Jay in uh, Michigan it says I'm addicted to sugar and I'm making poor choices with food. I'm afraid if I don't get it under control, I'm going to die early or end up on that show. My 600 pound life. How can I get, get a gauge on this and change my life? So the first question I want to ask you, Sal, is what's the, what's the truth or drama around sugar addiction? I talk about it all the time, like, I, like I'm some kind of heroin addict, and I, 
I feel often that I do have a sugar addiction, but I don't even know if that's real, man. So is you have any wisdom there? Yeah. Um, I mean, technically you can develop uh, an addictive relationship with almost anything. Now I know the way that they try to explain or describe addictive substances is through the physiological responses, things like dopamine and serotonin and but I mean, you can develop a, a dysfunctional relationship that would mirror what we would consider classic addiction with almost anything. And food is definitely up there. And I think foods that uh, are hyper palatable or bring us comfort or help numb us, or maybe we have some other, I don't know, connection to a particular type of food are probably the ones that are most, most likely um, for us to to develop these behaviors with. But, you know, what are the hallmarks of addiction is that you, uh, it, it is dramatically decreasing the quality of your life and you continue to do it um, anyway. Mm. Now in that category, I mean, I think a lot of people, a good chunk of us have some type of a dysfunctional relationship with food. This is why obesity is such, such a common thing. Um, and, you know, soon here, I think it'll be a majority of Americans. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. It's really challenging. Um, but the approach that we tend to have towards diet in general is is terrible. It fails. It's, I think the fail rate, last time I checked, was north of 85%. And this is like within the first couple of years. And I bet you it's closer to 95% if you stretch it out uh, far enough. So it's the approach. The approach is all wrong. We focus on the physiological. We focus on the the weight loss. And I know those are all things that people are looking for, but it, it goes much deeper than that. Um. So the the joke that's not really a joke is I've always said getting off of sugar, stopping uh, um, sugar cravings or just not grabbing candy all the time is is challenging because nobody, I'll say nobody, most work environments don't have, you know, joints and cocaine laid out next to the coffee in the morning like they do yeah. donuts and gummy bears. And so it's pervasive. It's everywhere, right? Um, yeah. There's that, but there's also, like you mentioned, this approach. And so that's my second question here is somebody calls and says, I can't stop. My, my tough love approach is to, to look somebody in the eye and, and put my hands on their shoulders and say, yes, you can. But I think that that's just a derivative of the meta narrative, which is if you're overweight, it's because you're lazy and you're a bum and you just don't want it bad enough. There's got to be another way to, to, to communicate love and connectivity and here's what health looks like what's the path man yeah it's um it's 100 percent true it's um it'd be like looking at you know talking to somebody who struggles with their finances and just saying um we'll just make more money and save more money it's like well yeah duh um i guess the steps can can seem simple but how we get to those steps um and how we're able to maintain those steps is very complicated so i'll start with this um we typically, modern societies, we don't eat because we're hungry. Most people have never really even felt what true hunger feels like. Most people never go a day without food. So the relationships that we build around food are based off of lots of other things. Um, stress, anxiety, connecting with people, celebrating, boredom, uh, just hedonistic pleasure. So these are the types of relationships that we build around food. Um, so just to simply say to yourself, don't eat that, eat this, that might work for very robotic type 
fanatical individuals um, who end up working in the fitness industry. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, that doesn't work for most people. So you have to, and, and this is going to sound a bit esoteric and out there, but I can give people steps to kind of get to this place. But you have to understand why you're eating the way you're eating. What does that food make you feel? How can we get that feeling otherwise? And also, what is motivating you? And if if what's motivating you is, uh, I'm gross, I'm fat, um, you know, I don't look good, um, you know, anything negative along those lines, it's not going to stick. It's just not going to stick because if you're doing this because you're gross, fat, unattractive, inadequate, then not eating food is going to feel restrictive or not eating the foods that you enjoy or whatever that relationship is with that food is going to feel restrictive. And then along those lines, exercise is going to feel like a punishment, right? You have to go about it by understanding that the reason why you're going to choose to eat the way that you're now going to eat is because you're caring for yourself. Okay. Now I say you're doing this because you love yourself. But the reason why I said care is because when I say love, people think it's a, it's the feeling of love, like this warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, but no, I mean the action, right? Like I have kids. John and uh look sometimes I don't get that warm fuzzy feeling for them <laughs> teenage kids sometimes, dude sometimes I don't feel that feeling sometimes I'm like man you're pushing it buddy but uh, I choose to love them yeah. through action so if you say to yourself I'm going to care for myself like somebody um, I care about what does that look like and start there then eating right it doesn't feel restrictive it's self-care and 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 that's a much more balanced long-term approach and it doesn't result or it typically doesn't result in the rebellion that we tend to see when people do it from a place of self-hate because when people do it from a place of self-hate what happens when they go off a diet right they don't just eat one cookie or one slice of pizza they eat the whole box or they eat a whole pizza until they until they, they're uncomfortable it's they rebel they're rebelling from the self-hate right so so you, it's got to come from a place of self-care. That's number one. If you don't do that, nothing else I'm going to say is going to make sense. No diet's going to work for you. No structured anything's going to work for you. You got to go from a point of self-care. Now, if you start there, then we can talk about the steps and what that looks like and how we can develop the skills that go along with that, what those skills look like, because they are skills. You do have to develop them. You do have to learn how to live in this society where there's all kinds of amazing, incredible foods that we're surrounded by that are super easy to get to um, and inexpensive. But you got to start from a place of self-care. That's incredible, man. Um, gosh, and that's a tough... Um, I'm just thinking here mechanistically. That's, that's a tough message today. Um, because everybody's at war with themselves. I know very few people who are truly happy with what they see in the mirror. And even more so, I know few people who are truly happy with their lot in life. You and I were just joking before we got on here, like that you and I, like, we like, we like our lives, right? I, I didn't understand. And I liked my life when I was at, at other jobs before I took this. I didn't realize how rare that was. And so, yeah. at, the actual going to the gym, the actual being mindful of what you're putting in your body, those actions are the same. So what you're saying is we just got to burn a different kind of fuel. I always tell folks, man, if you're, if you're, if you are trying to change your mental health, just trying to stop drinking, cause you're going to show them 
you, you got about six months on that one, right? That's just jet fuel and it burns out real fast. And so what you're saying is, no, we may end up doing a lot of the same stuff, but you got to have a different fuel that you're burning. It's got to be because you're it worth is. it. Yes. And you got to look, I, I totally understand. I have all the compassion and empathy in the world for this challenge because first off, uh, the reason why this is so hard, John, is because who knows you better than you, right? Yeah. I know all my terrible thoughts. I know all the bad things I, I, I do or want to do. I know all my imperfections. Like, how could I possibly love myself like I love my kids, right? Like, I know how all these bad tendencies that I have, you know you very well. But that's, again, it's not the feeling. It's the, it's the can I, let me take care of myself. And it's also not necessarily looking in the mirror and being happy with what you see. You don't have to lie to yourself. This isn't like, I, you know, if I can look in the mirror and I can say to myself, man, I really haven't taken care of myself like uh, somebody that deserves to be cared for. And I can tell. I can tell I haven't taken care of myself. But I deserve, I deserve to be cared for. So I'm going to try doing that now. Ooh, That's like really that. all it is. I like that I deserve to be cared for. And it's that, that care starts with me. No one's, I, I, I can't outsource that. That's, I've, I've got to decide I'm worthy of, of care. So where do you tell somebody who's, um, like when I'm just looking across the, the, the buffet of choices here, does somebody start with a counselor? Does somebody start with a medical doctor? Does somebody start with a personal trainer? Like where do you start? If you were to hire, if you were in this situation and you were to hire um, a professional, in my experience, the best success I ever had was when, because I was a trainer, okay? So I knew exercise and I knew nutrition from a calorie, macronutrient, micronutrient, you know, performance. Uh, and then later on, I got better at understanding things like food intolerances and that kind of stuff. So if, if I had a client who hired me and also worked with a therapist, and the therapist and I could work together, mm -hmm. the success rate was astronomical. Astronomical. I love it. And because I'm not a therapist, so I can talk about exercise. I could talk about diet. But the therapist is, is, is an expert in the other things that we need to work on. And then we would talk together. And we would work with this person together to develop um, some of the strategies that would help. And one thing I'll tell you, John, just give you an example. One thing I learned from a therapist, this is a psychology thing. People don't like to take things away or feel restricted, but they don't mind adding things. Mm. They don't mind adding things. So I'll give you an example. I could say to somebody, um, I don't want you to take anything out of your diet right now. I just want you to try to hit these protein targets and I'd give them a goal. Okay. Let's, I want you to eat 120 grams of protein a day. Don't cut anything else out of your diet. But when you eat your, your meals, make sure you eat the protein first and then you could eat everything else. Now, why does that work? Because And the science will 100% support this. The data is very clear. Protein produces tremendous satiety. Yeah. So when they would hit those protein targets, they would almost always eat less calories. But I didn't tell them to eat less calories. I just told them to eat protein. So, uh, you know, this is just one, this is one thing I learned from working with a therapist uh, or working with therapists on how to make this a much more effective strategy because the look, we can't we can't separate the physio the physiological from the psychological. They're both they're uh, both closely connected. Amen, dude. Yeah, yeah. And what we try to focus on, what we focus on too much with diet and and, and exercise and all that stuff is the physiological. What's the best diet? What produces the best fat loss, muscle gain, insulin response? This, that, and the other. 
Meanwhile, every diet, John, every diet has a fail rate that's north of 85%. I don't care what it is. So we're, it's not, we're, we're not messing up with the physiological aspect. It's the other part. That, <laughs> that every time I, t- I talk to you, I walk away with something new that I just put in my back pocket. That's huge right there. That, that at some point we have to realize it's not the math problem that's busted. It's the way we're approaching the problem. Um, hundred percent, hundred percent. And food is a hard one. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned something that was hard about it and that, um, it's, it's, uh, we have to eat it. It's widely accepted to eat in, in lots of different ways. And we don't learn to eat. Uh, we don't learn the skills that help us lead a healthy life in modern society. We just don't. We, what ended up happening is in a very short period of time, within generations, John, we went from food is scarce and hard to come by to there's so much food and so much variety and so many choices that it's crazy. So we have the, the we learned the skills to, to, to survive. It's like my, my parents and my grandparents, right? Where they, you better finish all your meal, you know, your food or whatever. That, like that, that right there was most of human history. Now it's like food is everywhere. We just don't, we haven't learned these. So we grew up without any of these skills. Like how do we navigate a life or in a world where there's so much delicious, tasty, convenient, incredible, cheap food if we don't have the skills to, to navigate it. So it's, it's no wonder. Well, I love what you, that word is, is magic. And it's, it's been magic with married couples and with parents um, who, you know, can't stop yelling at their kid or they think they can't stop yelling at their kids or they snap at their loved ones. When you reframe it from, hey, you're not a terrible human being with no character. You don't have, you need some new skills. There's something magic about that, that it unhooks all of this extra psychological baggage that we have. And it's like, oh, cool. Okay. I can learn to shoot a free throw if given enough time. Um, I can learn then these new set of skills. I, I love that reframe. Hey, I'm going to let you go. Dude, you are a saint like always. Thank you for, um, this is a last second Hail Mary and you caught the ball. So I'm grateful for you. And like always, I'm really grateful for your wisdom and just the practical care with which you take care of human beings who come to you and say, hey, please help, especially on a touchy subject like this. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate I appreciate it, John. You're a special person. I appreciate uh, you having me on. So thank you. All right. Take care, good man. Appreciate take it. Take it easy. All right, good folks. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. All right. We are back. And let's go out to Jay in Rochester Hills, Michigan. What's up, Jay? Dr. John Deloney, what? what's going on, man? Dude, we are we are rocking on to the break of dawn, my man. How are you? I am doing great, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to take my call. You got it. Before you got we, it. Yeah, man. Before we get started, I want to say that I 100% agree with you. This is the best mental health podcast on the planet. That's what I'm talking about, Jay. Thank you so, so much. Um, I mean... That's like your good deed for the year. You're good, man. You can just kind of be a reckless jerk from here on out. You've done your good deed. Thank you so much, man. No problem, brother. No problem. All right. So, hey, um, in a, it, this almost never happens. I, I got the entirety of your email this time. Um, Jenna yeah. sent it to me. And um, I actually reached out to the, one, of the, one of the two or three experts that I trust more than anybody in the country on this particular topic, on this particular issue to get some make sure I was dialed in and I was going to be able to help you. Um, and so, man, uh, I, I can't wait to jump into this stuff. 
Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, it's something I've been struggling with for a while, so I feel like you are the best to give me some insight on this topic. Well, I, I don't know if I'm the best, but I will, uh, I'll do my absolute best to tell you what I do and don't know. And, um, I, it's an honor to, to, to pull up a seat at the table and, and, and hear your story. So tell me what's going on. Yeah, man. So I feel like I am a very disciplined person. Um, but I have a real bad struggle and addiction to sugar. And I feel like it is my coping mechanism after a bad day. I feel like I could do, I can go two to three weeks without having it. And all of a sudden, if I have a bad day at work or, or a few bad days at work, I end up having three large milkshakes that week. And it's like a never ending cycle. And I really just struggle with it. And I want to kick that habit. and. I already work out, you know, I work out five to seven days a week. And, um, I actually use, you're a big fan of this guy. I'm a huge fan of this guy of Dr. Lane Norton. I use carbon. I track everything, but it's like something comes over me where the sugar dopamine kicks in and I just have to have it and I'll do whatever it takes to get sugar. Mm. So you are a, uh, yeah, Lane is incredible, um, a br brilliant guy, and um, man, I, I, I kind of want to look around to make sure this isn't, I'm not in a weird dream, and I'm calling myself on my own show, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, right. So why do you work out? I work out, well, I'm... 29 now so i'll be 30 next year so lately i've been working out to keep myself healthy but before then i've always just loved working out i love the the stress reliever that it brings when did you start working out oh i would say i've been working out since i was a young kid young teenager so right when i play sports you know you you wrote something here on your email that I, I, was, I say raise the flag for me. Okay, I'll use that. Yeah. You, you wrote here, I'm afraid if I don't get my poor choices with food under control, yeah. I'm going to die early or end up on my 600-pound life, that show. Yeah. That's a... That, tell me I'm wrong. That sounds like somebody who is looking in the mirror and is not happy with who they see. I would say that's a fair statement. So let's move the food stuff down. I I'm yeah. on a scale of one to 10. What is the shame intensity after that third milkshake? Oh man, I would say a uh, 10 for sure. Like go, in a hole and don't come out. And words like you are sick. You're disgusting. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Am I onto it? Yeah. You're onto it. Like what's wrong with you, bro? Why would you do this? That's horrible. You know, better than that. Whose voice is that Jay? That's not yours. Whose voice is that? Uh, 
the the standards I put on myself, maybe. Nah, dude. Somebody told you that your value was not innate. Yeah. Who said you better you better dance? You better perform for me or your value and lovability goes down. Who said that? I can honestly say that it probably was someone in my within my small circle of family growing up. Okay. Or maybe or or maybe I dealt with a great deal of trauma being raised by a single mother okay. that I think and thought that I had to become a people pleaser to make everyone and everything around me happy. And so when things didn't go that way, I feel like I would put myself in a bad position and stress myself out. And if it, that makes sense. I, well, yeah. Cause one person gets hurt in, in the presence of a rock star people pleaser. And that's the people pleaser. Cause you gotta, you gotta sacrifice yourself to make sure everybody else is okay. And if you grew up in a house, uh, a traumatic house, you grew up in a house that was, that was a mess. It was chaotic. Um, single mom, it was just tough. Um, it's very common that people exit that situation by controlling every possible variable. I will control every, every perception somebody has of me, every word that comes out of my mouth, my posture, how clean my clothes are, my, the precision of my workouts, the, the, the amount of the, to the, to the, to the T, uh, the, the calories that go in my body. It, 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 is that you? That's me. Okay. And at some point, that grip you have, your body gets exhausted. Because you can't hold it all. Right. And then we're off to the races, right? We're off in the drive throughs Exactly. Yeah, man. You're, you're talking to me. Reaching to the choir for sure. <laughs> so, um, guys have become good good buddies of mine. Um, there's basically two people I trust when it comes to fitness and nutrition. It's Lane, Doctor Norton, and Sal and Adam and Justin with the Mind Pump guys. And so, when you hear this episode entirely, what you'll hear is beforehand, before this call, I was on the phone with Sal and I actually read him your email. And I said, hey, man, um, Sal's an expert. He's been a personal trainer for years. And then he started training trainers. And he got so fed up with the nonsense in the fitness and nutrition industry. They started their own show. And they're incredible. They just are doing great work. And one thing that um, I'll never forget, he told me in person when we were hanging out in San Jose. And that he just reiterated um, on the call before this one is, most people go to the gym because they hate themselves. They think they're disgusting and they're trying to going to the gym as a punishment for being disgusting, for being lazy. And what he said was outside of a few people on Instagram, that has a fail rate of 80 to 90% over the long haul. Hmm. Same with restrictive dieting. Pick a diet. I'm going full this, full that, keto this, full protein this, whatever. Fail rate, fail rate, fail rate, because the root is I hate you and you're gross and I am going to beat you into submission. And all of us 
when we're beaten long enough, we revolt. Right. Right. Or when life gets really stressful, our, our hitting ourselves and hating ourselves doesn't, doesn't, doesn't um, keep the stress away. And so it, it's not a prophylactic for stress. It, it, it's still going to show up. And so we don't have another alternative. So what do we do? We go grab gummy beers and more ice cream. And then right. that shame spiral starts, dude. And we recommit to our apps the next day and we start the whole loop over again. Yes. It, it, it's kind of like a never ending cycle, right? Yes. So I'm just meeting you. I can tell in five minutes talking to you, like you and I would hang out. I like you. Yeah. And you have one path forward. Where did your dad go? He wasn't there. He went to Tennessee with uh, another woman. When did he go? I was six. Six years old. I'm guessing there's a six-year-old that sits inside your chest. Wondering what the hell was so bad about Jay that dad wouldn't stick around. Hmm. And I imagine... There's a 14-year-old boy that sits inside of Jay's chest that says, I'll show him. I'll show you all. Right. And there's a 22 and a 25-year-old Jay who's getting really exhausted. How old are you now? I am 29. Are you running out of gas? Running out of gas, man. That's why... I'm on the phone with you. I got on the hotline and called Dr. John. Tank almost on E. Jay's worth being loved, man. Yeah. And that jar that you've got sealed shut inside that chest, you got to open it. And if you're like me, you got to do it with a therapist, counselor. It's hard stuff there. Because it feels like if I open this thing, you don't want to know the dragons that come out. And what I'll tell you is something you already know is that the dragons are out. You think you got them under control, but you don't. The only path forward for for any of us, man, including me, including you, is just what my friend Sal says. I have to go to the gym with a smile on my face because I'm choosing to care for a guy that's worth being loved. I like that. I'm going to be a guy who's a good steward of his body and I'm not going to eat that. Not because it's not freaking delicious. I'm going to do it because I love this guy enough that I want him to feel good in an hour or two when his blood sugar crashes through the floor. So I'm good, guys. Thank y'all so much. And do you see the difference between that approach, how light that is and how, like, what a, what a gentle touch that is moving through the world? And how different it is than, I don't eat carbs. I don't eat carbs. I don't eat carbs. And then you were just huddled under a blanket, eating a bag of chips, watching a movie on a Saturday night all by yourself. I mean, you see the difference? Yeah, absolutely. But I really do. So to piggyback off of that, can I ask you a question, if you don't mind? Bring it. So I love that thought in ideology. How do... I make it practical on a day-to-day basis. Three, three things, okay? 
Um, you have to choose, man, God, I hate this. I, I would do anything. I got to, I, I will give two books, uh, signed books of into any uh, of your choice to anybody who calls in, if they will come up with a better word for what I'm about to say. The word here, Jay is mindfulness. And I hate the word. It sounds like some dude with a beard on a cloud, you know, yeah. like in a kind of a dressy thing. Here's what it is. When you start to reach for whatever it is you're going to reach for, being able to extend that gap between what I feel like I need to do and the thing I'm about to do. I need some gummy bears right now. I need to go grab, get a milkshake. I am getting that pizza out. Can you pause long enough to ask yourself, what am I covering up here? What is this going to do for me? And what we're doing here, and I love, it's, 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 it's the word I use when I'm talking to, to couples and to parents and to folks working on like, you know, working through ADHD or their OCD or whatever. And it's the same word Sal uses when he's talking to people to, uh, about their eating and, and exercise habits. It's simply learning a new set of skills. You're not a piece of trash, Jay. You're not some kind of undisciplined loser. You showed up to a basketball game, man. You never dribbled a basketball before. These are new skills. I got to learn new skills. I have one skill for dealing with stress, and it's junk food. Cool. I'm going to learn some new skills. That means when I get stressed and I'm about to grab it, I got to catch myself and then go, huh, what's another thing I could do that that would make me feel good in this moment? And we're going to practice it. For some people, it might be doing 50 jumping jacks, sprinting down the street, grabbing a Diet Coke. It could be any number of things. It's going to be different for everybody, but we're going to practice it. It's a new set of skills. I like that. There's a um, Dr. Judd Brewer. I think he's out of Yale, has a, uh, an app that's for anxiety and for stopping smoking, and he is crushing all the uh, traditional methods to stop smoking with an app, and all it is is he just wants you to be very mindful when you're smoking. How do you feel right before you smoke and right afterwards, right? And it's disgusting. It, it's your hands stink, your clothes stink, right? Feels good for a second. The buzz is fine. And then it's, and he said people just quit because they're thoughtful about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's thinking about how am I going to feel in an hour after I just nail this mint chocolate chip ice cream? I'm going to feel ashamed. I'm going to feel gross. I'm going to feel lethargic. I'm not going to, right? All those things. I'm just going to be mindful of it. Um, the second thing is, is at some point, you're going to have to get a counselor and sit down and talk about your childhood, sit down and talk about your adulthood and make some plans for who I'm going to be in the back half of my life. All right. Have you ever done that? I have not, but I am totally open to it. My whole thing is as long as the outcome is growth and peace, I'm all for it. You're going you're gonna to have to learn what peace feels like because right now peace feels like stress for you. Peace is a fairy tale for Jay. When you're peaceful, I, I'd be willing to bet money that you create chaos in your life. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Chaos feels um, normal. It feels home. So for some people, the, the challenge is you've got to go move your body. You've got to go exercise. You've got to go walk. You've got to go be with friends. For you, it's going to be the opposite. You're going to have to learn peace. You're going to have to learn Sabbath. You're going to have to learn rest. 
My friend Ian Simkin says, if busyness is your drug, stress will feel like, uh, rest will feel like stress. Hmm. That's you. That's you taking every variable, every variable, and just letting your hands off the wheel. And you're going to find out that the car doesn't crash. It's amazing. And here's the third thing you got to do. You got to find one or two other grown men in your area and tell them what you're going through. All of it. Okay. And that's probably the scariest thing of all. I can do it. Can you? Promise? Promise, man. All right. Here's my, here's my, uh, here is my, uh, wager with you. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. I want you to go to the mind pump website, all their workouts, their maps program, MAPS. They're the ones I work out with at my house. Okay. Okay. I think they're some of the best in the country. You pick anyone you want and you email uh, Jenna back and uh, I'll give it to you for free. You like how I did that? They're actually giving it to me and then I'll give it to you for free, but I like taking credit for it. Wow. If anyone Thank that you, you want, so much, okay? Man. That's number one. Wow. Number two, I'm going to give you anything you want out of, uh, out of my store, okay? Questions for humans, books, whatever that is. If you call me back in three months and let me know how your, how your counseling session's going, how your new approach to my friend Jay is going, the mindfulness, and how your search for some grown men friends is going. All right. Is that fair? That's fair. Before you go to bed tonight, I want you to write six-year-old Jay a letter. And I want you to let six-year-old Jay know, hey, I see you, buddy. Come here. Dad left because something was wrong with him, not you. Dad missed out on the greatest gift that any man can get, and that's holding their baby to be able to walk alongside that mess of a little girl or little boy for the duration of their life. Okay. And tomorrow, I want you to write 14-year-old Jay a note. It says, Dear 14-year-old Jay, I'm 29 now. You can stop fighting. Stop running. Stop fighting. I got this, bro. You're a freshman in high school. Go play. And I want you to physically feel inside your chest, 14-year-old Jay, leave your body. He's off to play. He's been fighting your fights for a long time. This is Jay choosing freedom. And then with your therapist, you're going to write a letter to 29-year-old Jay. The one that looks at you in the mirror every morning. You're going to let that Jay know, hey, man, you've had a rough go of it, and you're still here. You're stronger than most and braver than most and more disciplined than most. You've been through hell and back and through hell and back again. And you still stand. And now we're going to be a good steward of our body because we get to. Because we care for ourselves so much. We love ourselves so much. Not because we have to, not because we're fat, because we hate ourselves. Because we get to. And now we're talking about long-term life change. Of course, we're going to use a carbon app. Of course, we're going to use a workout program. Of course, we're going to do those things. 
but we're going to do them out of care and love, not out of hate. And you're worth being loved, Jay. You're good, man. The world is better because you are in it. All this turns around when you believe that too, my brother. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we are back. Um, thank y'all for joining us today. Um, do check out the Mind Pump guys. Go to mindpump.com, M-I-N-D-P-U-M-P. Those guys are amazing. And listen, got no financial stake in anything they do. Um, they just are the best of the best, and they're great human beings behind closed doors. They're guys with integrity. They're good folks, and I love shouting out folks um, that not, I don't have any stake in, in, their, in their financial success. I'm not making any, not a penny off um, their programs. They're the best of the best of the best, and I love putting that stuff out there. Also, check out Lane Norton's Carbon app. Check out all the protein shakes he uses. Again, I don't make a dime off of them. Outwork Nutrition, it's just the best stuff there is. It's so, so good. Uh, make sure you check it, check it out. Um, today's song of the day is from the Archies. I don't know the Archies. No, you may not know them, but come on, you know the song, right? Read the lyrics. You'll know it. Songs, I'm, I'm getting harassed multi-generationally, so here's the song I think I should know. It's by the Archies. It's called Sugar, Sugar. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl, and you've got me wanting you. Honey. Ah, sugar, sugar. You're my candy girl, and you've got me wanting you. I've never heard this song in my life. I just can't believe the loveliness of loving you. I just can't believe it's true. Ah, sugar, ah, honey, honey, you're my candy girl. They're not big on changing the lyrics. They just like saying the same things over and over again, kind of like a modern worship song. When I kissed you, girl, I knew how sweet a kiss could be. Like the summer sunshine, pour your sweetness over me. Oh, honey, honey, you're my candy girl. <laughs> it's a strange world we live in. I love you guys. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. <laughs>